Ryan tells a story where he told me not to come, that he couldn't service me. Um, I was too far away. And I said, but I've already booked my airfares. I'm coming. He said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. He said, yes, you can come. But if I can't help you, I'll give you back your money and we'll shake hands. And the rest is history. We're all about turning a crappy situation into something about positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance. So I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> our sponsor for this episode is our 14-day video script challenge. Yes, we are sponsoring our own show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers, and I am joined today by Sonia Keenan. Welcome. Hi, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Um, Sonia, give our listeners a little bit of, a, of your background, what, um, what you're about. Um, where I am today is very different to where I started um, a long, long time ago. Um, I've been in the digital space before uh, with dial-up. You know, like I was back in the days where you'd load Google and then go make a coffee and come back. And, I remember that sound. And <laughs> yes. Um, and I was in the publishing industry at that stage, newspapers, and I could just see what this thing was going to do to create connections. And I was in charge of um, circulation and readership and distribution for a whole group of newspapers. So my job was to sell more newspapers. And so I had learnt, and they were nearly all local regional papers. So I had learnt the power of community and connection back then, and it had become a passion. So for me, it was about um, how did I start to apply that? So throughout a whole lot of corporate role started doing that and then in 2011 made the um well I was pushed into my own business um there was sort of the tail end of the GFC whole lot of redundancies being offered and I had vowed and declared if anybody ever offered me one I was going to take it because I'd never had one uh-huh. and so I did and thankfully was financially secure enough that I had the freedom to start my own business in sort of a consulting space within sales and marketing and starting in digital and then from there it's just catapulted to have a a publishing company uh, that I have a business partner involved in in Australia and then from there connected with Digital Marketer. Um, first came to Traffic and Conversion Summit in 2014 and um, Ryan Dice gave me what I call my church. Um, I, oh, sat, wow. I had never heard of them. I was just here for another event and yeah. was trying to make the event, the, the trip worthwhile. Yeah. Saw that TNC was on. I thought, oh, I'll just rock I'll along. Just, I'll just hit up another one. Huh? I thought it'd be like 200 people. And I walked in, it was like 1800 as mm-hmm. opposed to today where it's like 6,000. Right. And I heard Ryan's opening keynote and I was just like, wow, this guy has given me a vernacular for what we've just been doing like instinctively. Yeah. They launched their certified partner program. I joined it, uh, became a certified partner for Infusionsoft at the same conference. Um, ended up on a world trip doing my training. Ended up in Austin. Ryan tells a story where he told me not to come, that he couldn't service me. Um, I was too far away. And I said, but I've already booked my airfares. I'm coming. He said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. He said, yes, you can come. But if I can't help you, I'll give you back your money and we'll shake hands. And the rest is history. Since then, I've worked with them to grow the community in Australia. And I'm I'm passionate about just creating learning and community for small business owners. And that's why I've connected him with their passion because of their goal of of sort of doubling the size of 10,000 small businesses. It just resonated with me. And I want small business to be successful. You know, they, you know, if you're a real, really good uh, dentist 
you don't necessarily have to be a great digital marketer, but you need to understand how digital marketing can help you grow your business. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, the, the message that digital marketer offers and why I've aligned myself really quite strongly with them to the point now that we have an event in Australia each year on the Gold Coast called um, Digital Marketers Down Under, uh, DMDU. And um, this year we'll probably go close to a thousand people at that event. We'll probably have about wow. 20 or so speakers, breakout sessions, and it's about building community to help small business demystify marketing and so that when they talk about growing their businesses they don't get that look of sort of fear and pain and anxiety on their face they actually go yeah I can do this I, I can provide for my family and have a better life and and be debt free and have the holidays I want which is really what most small business owners want not to be great at fa Facebook ads you know? right it's it's that so yeah and specifically you're trying to do it in your neck of the woods mm. which for our audience Australia Australia New Zealand yes okay yeah in New uh, Zealand as well yeah because it's a long way to come. You know, as yeah. Most Americans will say to me, oh, I could never go to Australia. It's too far. I know it's hard for people to understand it, but it is actually the same distance to go from Australia to America as it is from America to Australia. It oh. is a long, long way. <laughs> yeah. And for a lot of small business owners to come to conferences like TNC is just prohibitive. You know, yep. By the time you add the cost of the ticket, the airfares, the accommodation, the week out of their business, and the fact that your dollar is worth like 400,000 million times more than ours, um, it costs a lot. Uh, it's a, you wouldn't get much change out of probably $15,000 to come here and spend time at, at TNC. So if I can bring or, or create a place that brings and attracts those sorts of speakers to our place for even just a few days and small business owners can talk to people and meet them and talk to them face to face and feel like they're part of a supported community, well, then that's my mission and, and that's what we're doing. That's awesome. So you used to be in more of um, like an agency kind mm. of role, right? Agency of publishing. Yeah, yeah, servicing clients and doing all that. Yeah. Now I mentioned you're doing much more consulting. Coaching mainly, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah coaching. One-on-one -on -one coaching with business owners is, is my sort of main job yeah. like that's what funds everything else that i do yeah um i got out of implementation because i was just getting too old and too cranky <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't be cranky with clients they no and you can't and implementation it like just like our business owners you know the platforms keep changing you've got it in if you're going to have an agency and i do a lot of coaching with agencies through our certified partner program you you have to keep up with everything and you yep. have to have the best people working for you that can do the api links that make all these things work and we do all that within our own business and I have all those people for me but I and we do some implementation for my coaching clients but only people whose businesses I understand intimately yeah so that I know that I can help them and if I can't help them I'll help them find somebody to do that work for them yeah to help them out and just for our audience in case they haven't heard our other podcast with Ryan Dice um, you can go and listen to that as well that's who she keeps referring to he's the co-founder of digitalmarketer.com hmm. And that's where, um, Sonia, you, like you mentioned, you mm. got your certification and yep. you've got digital marketer down under that you're yep. doing in Australia. So just so, just for some clarification there. So um, so you've given us kind of a professional overview mm. of your of your story. Now, um, this podcast is called From Poop to Gold. Mm -hmm. And we always like to see what stories you have in your life where you've had a really crappy situation and you've been able to turn it into something good mm. or even something great. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
I'm 52 years of age, so there's a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) I could fill a podcast (laughs) list myself. But there's two that come to mind. Um, One is um, a while ago, I was in my uh, just turning 30. I had been involved in a series of restaurants and um, function centres, ran a couple of cafes. It was quite a big business. I had a business partner and we were doing quite well, but the economy in Australia changed dramatically. There was a couple of factors that impacted on our business directly and, and overnight. It, it, it basically went from being an okay business where we were doing having fun and making a bit of money as young people to, you know, like losing money. And mm-hmm. neither of us had the skills to know how to fix it and didn't have the understanding to even know if it was going to go on forever or was it just a short blip that we could ride and over a period didn't. And and coming to terms with the fact that you failed, um, I mean, I didn't end up bankrupt or anything like that, but I went really, sorry, I was about to swear then, really, really <laughs> close. to (laughs) losing everything Uh and if it wasn't for some people that helped me get back on my feet with with a job and some income that allowed me to do some agreements to pay things off and get back going you know I I would have lost a lot and and I remember um, coming home from this function center we used to do weddings and and all those sorts of things we'd done a wedding during the night I'd had a bride who burst into tears because we served her carrots instead of peas in her roast and three veg dinner and she's crying like in the middle of her wedding like you serve me carrots instead of peas <laughs> and she did we just had seasonal vegetables so you know like I'm standing there knowing that I'm making no money at this event if anything I'm probably losing money but because weddings were booked so far in advance you know we had to show up so yeah. I'm there doing this and she's crying over peas and carrots and I go home and I um I was sitting in the dark in my apartment in my house and I you know it was pitch black it was like two o'clock in the morning and I was sitting on the couch thinking what on earth am I doing and in my mind I still see that night and I stand on the edge of an abyss you know like I'm sitting there and there is one massive big hole and it's like and you're going to step into that abyss and and like really like serious serious stuff mm-hmm. and something in me and I, and I physically did this I physically stepped back and it changed my life because it was like shit you failed mm-hmm. but what have you learned and nobody's died mm-hmm. and you didn't yeah. do it on purpose and you'll pay the people back and so that mm-hmm. moment the, the the beauty of when you fail really badly and if you can take it and step back from it and say well okay if that's the worst it's going to get I'll be okay and that gave me the strength to go on and realize that you know you fail at stuff all the time fast forward to 2011 that redundancy I was talking to about earlier you know that in the end I accepted it because it was something in my mind but when it was first put to me that I was being made redundant um, I was going from a really senior position in the company you know I was on a fast track to do something else and da 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 and then within the, in a couple of weeks the whole landscape changed and and basically being told you know we don't think you're the right fit for the company anymore so we think you should take this redundancy I'm like I'm not good enough really I've worked my ass off I've done everything that you said I've delivered on everything I've overachieved on most things but you're not good enough thankfully as I said it came with a nice big fat check and I had some (laughs) once again some really great advice where some people said to me you know you you have this vast experience I started life as a professional photographer I ended up in marketing I have a you know undergraduate in accounting and 
uh, marketing. I have a postgraduate in marketing and HR. You know, worked for big companies, little companies, had my own companies. Um, this man who was my mentor at the time, he said, Sonia, you have so many skill set. You're never, never going to find one job that satisfies you. You need to do this yourself. And I went, mm, I came from a father who was self-employed all his life. And my dad used to say, being self-employed means being unemployed every Monday. Mm. And we had a hand, like we had a nice life, but dad was never enough money. You know, it was never mm-hmm. enough. Mum didn't have a job. You know, the school fees wouldn't have been paid. But I was like fearful of that because it was like, I don't know if that's, do I want to do that? Do I really want to be responsible for it every week, every week, every week? And I and I was talking to my brother about it and, and I love my brother to death, but we're like absolute polar opposites. And I said to him, I just don't think I can do it. And he said, why? I said, because, you know, dad, like I don't want to be like dad. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he sort of left at that. And then about an hour or so later, he phoned me back and it's unusual for him to ring me unprompted. I answered. He said, I just want to say one thing to you. You're not dad. You'll do it so different. You know, you, you, you won't do what mm-hmm. he did mm-hmm. and you've got to do it. And so both those stories were, you know, pivotal moments in my life where it could have gone really, really bad or I could have gone really, really bad. But I had people around me that either gave me a hand or gave me a push or gave me a leg up or or just put their arms around me. And I think that in business, you have to remember the business is just what you do. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And when you fail, you personally haven't really failed. Your idea might have, or the system might have, or the money, all sorts of things. But you have to remember your mother still loves you. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully your wife or your husband or your partner still loves you. Um, and the dog will still come running up and drop the ball at your feet. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, it, business is great, but it's, it's just not who we are. It's what we do. So when you fail, it's because you had a go. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, we have this saying, you know, have a go, mate. Yeah. And yeah, but we also it. have a tall poppy syndrome where we love to chop people off when they're too successful. But, <laughs> but at the same time, have a go, mate. And, and that's my message when I talk all the time. It's like, just have a go. Mm-hmm. What else are you going to do? Yeah, I love it. It's, it's a great perspective. Powerful stories, especially this idea that it is just what you do. It is not who you are. And that's something we try to get across a lot with um, our editors and our and our writers and everything that you, you create something mm. and you put it out there and that might have a piece of you in it, mm. but it is not you, mm. right? And it's okay for that not to be perfect. Mm. And for us to point out, oh, this needs fixing here. And that, no, this actually isn't great. Try something else. Yep. And that's just, that, that failure is so much a part of the process. Um, mm. Ryan even said that he says, I think success makes you stupid. Mm. <laughs> that you don't actually learn from success yes it's the failure that you actually learn from Mm. and um yeah those are powerful stories and i just love the change of perspective of like in that moment you're like well wait a minute i like yeah this is kind of a big deal to me right now but how big of a deal is it actually no no one's died Mm. i can recover from this Mm. or um or like your brother just saying to you you're not dad Mm. just that new perspective yeah it's everything because we can because we can kind of make you know um, one of the sayings in america is making a mountain out of a molehill right and so, um, yeah, yeah, very much ties that. And um, also we scenario, right? We, we, my big thing is um, whatever goes on in my brain, if you tell me something, I expect it's true. So if yeah. I say, hey, mate, how are you going? And you say, fine. I think, great, he's fine. But if that fine was actually a backhanded fine because you're not feeling great and right. I've done something to piss you off and you say, fine, 
I'm not going to think other thing other than you said I'm fine. But in your mind, your scenario writing, well, she should know this and she should know that. And you know, yeah. I don't. And I think as human beings, we overthink it. We think that a lot of people are thinking about us and I hate to tell you they're not. Yeah. They're thinking their own thoughts. And right. I think we just need to accept people at face value, ask for help when we need it and tell people when we piss them off. Yeah. Life would be far simpler. Yeah, absolutely. So you you were talking a little bit about um, your passion of being able to being able to help other businesses um, kind of take marketing head on mm. and grow and not get intimidated intimidated by that. Mm. So talk to us a little bit more and specifically you're doing that in Australia. But what what are some of the things that you do to kind of help these people that you kind of put your arm mm. around and help them get past that first step? The key concept I talk about is implementation paralysis. Okay. We live in a world now where we have more information and more access and ease of access to information than we've ever had in our lives, but we actually don't have the knowledge to apply it. Mm -hmm. And so we just get overwhelmed by it. And so my advice to the people that I talk to all the time is, first of all, if you're going to do this stuff and learn about digital marketing, if you decided, even if you are a dentist or a doctor or whatever you are, but you still need to know about digital marketing, first of all, decide, are you learning about it because you want to do it yourself because you like it and you're mm -hmm. good at it and you have time? Or are you learning about it because you just want to be able to write a brief to tell somebody else what you want? Because mm -hmm. most business owners cannot give an agency like you a brief. Right. They say, I want to website. Yeah, well, what do you want the website to do? Right. Um, and that's where they get burnt because someone says, yeah, I can build a website to you for 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you need a cart, you yeah. need this and you need that. And all of a sudden it's 20,000 and they don't even have the password for it. You that's know, right. like that's, and they're, they're in pain. So my big thing is um, actually understand what it is you're trying to learn because they're two different tracks. You're yep. learning to brief or learning to do. Second of all, pick your church. There are so many people out there teaching all this stuff and they all have slightly nuanced ways about how they go about it. You know, for me, digital marketer is my church yeah. and all the external communities are who I connect in with. It's my vernacular. It's my way of talking about it. It's how my staff work. It's what we use to train. It's what my clients use. Yeah. Um, but you might prefer, you know, um, the the Jeff Walker scenario or the right. Amy Porterfield scenario or Marie Folio or B-School or like there's millions of things out there. But pick one and stick to it. Stick to it enough that you actually do something. Mm -hmm. And if that something is make $10, take that $10 and turn it into 100 and turn that 100 into 1,000 and on you go. But if you come to an event like Traffic and Conversion Summit, nail one thing that you're going to do while you're at the event and then nail another thing that you're going to do within seven days and find someone to keep you accountable for it. I, at my events, I say to people, there's my email address up on the screen, email me and tell me what you're going to do. And in seven days time, I will ring you and find out what you did. And in a room of 700 people, 10 people will do it. Mm -hmm. And the 10 people I ring, five of them might have done something, yep. you know, like it's a waste because you've forgotten it. Yeah. And if you can't do anything with all the information now, find a way to curate it in a way you can go back to it later. So yep. I have a thing called the implementation grid. I use the digital marketer customer value journey. So in segments of awareness, engage, subscribe, excite, whatever. And I just drop in the URLs to all these different learnings. So when I need to go back and get an idea for some content around engagement, I've got a whole list of podcasts that I've heard or webinars that I've watched or haven't watched or saw or a book or whatever. And I can just flick through and go, oh, yeah, that was it. I want to listen to that thing that 
Daniel said the other day when he was talking to somebody or, you know, or if a client gets stuck, I can say, here, listen to this. Yeah. It'll help you. So you curate it. Like for learning mm -hmm. to occur, you have to have a, you have to have content, you have to have curation of that content, and you have to have a coach of some description that will keep you accountable, whether that's a friend, a paid coach, a business associate, your wife, whatever. So accountability, content, and and curation of that content to, mm -hmm. to make it work. And you will you'll get over implementation paralysis if you do that. That's some great advice. I love that. Hmm. And so you're you're doing a lot of that coaching now. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Provide, providing that accountability hmm. um, portion for your clients. Yes. Let's let's talk for just a minute about um networking. Hmm. Like um obviously in order for you to achieve these objectives you're about you're passionate about, you've got to be able to connect with a lot of people and um win their trust and 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 give them value and everything. What how do you approach networking personally? What are some of the principles that you live by in order to add value to your your friends in the industry? It's not a natural thing for me. I, I am an introvert through and through. Um, I'd much rather be at home <laughs> on my own. And mm -hmm. like last night I was, I was supposed to be at the VIP party thing and it was like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I have to go home. Um, and so for me, I've had to learn. It's a learned skill for me. It's not It's not just a natural thing. Um, I am so in awe of people that like Marcus Murphy's a guy that I just look up to because he can just go and talk to people and, and all that. I remember people. I don't always remember names. I remember their business. Yeah. Um, so I tend to, um, for me, what's happened is I've ended up uh, through the various communities. I do sort of speak at a lot of events. Yeah. Um, I do get asked to be on podcasts and things like that. And I always accept the offers because you never know in the community you're talking to who you can help. Yeah. And I have an offer that I put out everywhere is that if you think, listening to me speak today, that I can help you, contact me. My website, my contact details are there, omnichannelmediagroup.com. And I'll have a call with you. I don't charge you. I'll talk to you for an hour or so. Um, and let me just find out what you think stuck. If my message of implementation paralysis rings true to you, mm -hmm. contact me. Don't contact me if you want me to tell you how fabulous you are, but you think you need to kick up the backside. I, I can probably do that. If you want me to keep you accountable, ring you back in another month and find out what you did, I'll do it. Yeah. And and so out of that, what's happened at these events is people feel very comfortable in coming up and just introducing themselves and talking to me because I'm not really good at going up and introducing myself to them because I get all thinky, go, oh, I don't want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the hardest conversation I ever had in my life was at that first traffic and conversion summit and was summing up the guts when I got the opportunity to talk to Ryan. And I spoke to Richard first and also Molly. Molly was Molly's first TNC and she was an intern dressed, you know, with still like the jeans and the lot. And I went up to her, she was on the booth and she'd just spoken and I said, you know, I just heard you speak and I actually think what you spoke about was just incredible and hats off to you, you're doing so well. I'm sure she thought, that's some creepy woman. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, she's now one of my best mates and she yeah. comes out to Australia a couple of times a year and does events for me and helps me with clients and that's networking. Yeah, um, absolutely. And people like you to listen to them. When people talk, come up and talk to you, they're not actually wanting you necessarily to talk. They're wanting to tell you something mm -hmm. and then hopefully get some value for you. And so have some value. The other thing is be able to articulate what it is you do. Yeah. Um, I heard you speak at the event and you use some of the Donald Miller um, sort of thread. And yep. one of the big thing he's about is, you know, what's your elevator pitch? Yeah. 
Can you articulate what you do in a couple of sentences or ideally one sentence because that's all you've got? So too often when I meet people and they come up and talk to me and I say, oh, hi, yes, I'm Sonia and what do you do? They, they lose me after the first sentence because they're rambling on about all these things that they do. And you're like, yeah, I don't need that. I just want to know what is it that you think I can help you with? And right. so, yeah. So if it's not natural for you, find another way to get your name out there that people will come and talk to you. Yeah. Or if not, if you're going to go up and introduce yourself like I did to Ryan and it created probably what will be a lifelong business relationship, have a reason why you want to talk to him. You know, like have something that you can relate to him about that he yeah. just does. He, he's like, yeah, sure. I'll have give you a couple of seconds. Yeah. Purpose. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Um, where should our, where should our audience go to find you? You mentioned it earlier, but I'm going to give you another chance. The easiest way to find me is omnichannelmediagroup.com. O-M-N-I-C-H-A-N-N-E-L mediagroup.com. And on there, there's a contact us form, fill it in. It comes straight to me. Give me a little bit of a blurb as to what you want to talk to me about and, and I'll contact you. You know, it's me, you know, we've got a team, but I, I believe that if you take the time to reach out to me, you need to hear from me. Um, or if you attend any of my events, obviously I'm always there or I'm at all these events, just come up and say hi. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm one of the few Australians in the audience. I always sound funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, if I think I can help you, I will. And, and as I said, there's my coaching book's pretty well full. I, I'm not out there trying to get millions of clients or anything. Yeah. So I'm not trying to necessarily get money out of you. Right. If it looks like we can work together and there's a way that I can help you and you want to pay me to do that, well, we'll probably work it out. But yeah. I, I'm not doing it as a, it's not a hard sell thing or anything. Yeah. I, I, don't, I prefer to tell, not sell. Okay. Thank you for coming on, Sonia. Um, and thank you guys for listening. I mean, remember to subscribe, like, comment, share, all that good stuff. And we'll see you on the next one. As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Uh -huh. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14-day script challenge is you get your hand held from, okay, you have this cool product, now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14-day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step -step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, you actually watch us go through each of the steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment for this 14-day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen. And we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co slash script. That's hbros.co slash script.